Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. In today's episode of Talking Trading, we're looking at embedding trading principles into your psyche, which are essential for winning in the markets. In today's show, our guest is Australian stock market wizard, Brent Penfold. Brent is a futures trader who trades full-time from home in Sydney. After 30 years in the market, he's learned a thing or two about managing risk, placing positions and making profits. In this interview with Brent, we discuss his top 10 insights into trading the market over 30 years and what traders need to do to be in the winner's circle. But to start the show, Louise Bedford reinforces the importance of trading principles with unconscious competence in mind power. You know, so many people want to get to the point where trading is natural and effortless and so damn easy. The thing with this, though, is that you need to develop unconscious competence, which is often a labor of years and a labor of love and habit and focus. Now, I can tell you one thing. To develop unconscious competence where things are effortless you're going to need to focus on principles rather than tactics. I could show you this tactic that is absolutely fantastic for short selling. It's magic. However, for you to develop unconscious competence, you need more than just a series of tactics. You need to bed down those principles deep into your soul. If you want to get to the point where your life is measured and calm and controlled and get to that unconscious competence level, get that foundation first before you focus on specific little shiny objects. That's where you need to be to live your trader's life. Hello, I'm Daryl Guppy. I'm the inventor of the Guppy Multiple Moving Average and I listen to Talking Trading. It gives me some edges in the current market. Brent Penfold has been dubbed an Australian stock market wizard. He's been trading the markets for over 30 years. He's Brent now and his top 10 insights into the markets. Brent Penfold, futures trader from Sydney. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Oh, hello, Caroline, and thank you for having me on. Brent, let's get to know you a little bit. How did you start trading in the markets? I was very fortunate when I was between my third and fourth year of my honours degree. I was lucky enough to be offered some work experience with Bank America in Sydney. Work experience led to a um, a full-time trader's role in their treasury department. So you're now a full-time trader from home. How How did that come about for you? Well, I think, you know, starting in Bank America as my first job as a 21-year-old, I was just uh, very fortunate to um, you know, see institu- institutional trading and, you know, I was, I suppose, very young and impressionable and I was, I was hooked on the markets. You know, I've done other things outside of Bank America. I actually developed arbitrage programs that I um, sold to merchant banks in New Zealand and, and Sydney and, and that sort of led me into um, maintaining my interest in the markets. All right. Brent, we're going to go through insights of yours into trading the market. You're an elder in the markets, full-time trader in the market. So insight number one, there exists an inverse relationship between profitability and analysis. Don't procrastinate. Unfortunately, the way that we're brought up, 
makes it very difficult for people to succeed in trading because you know early experiences is essentially behave listen to your parents um, study really hard at school get the right results get the good jobs essentially you've got to be perfect unfortunately when you look for that type of result in the markets you're going to be disappointed because nothing's perfect and if you keep looking and looking for all the um, additional um, um, support for a particular trade you want to put on so that's perfect um, what will happen is by the time you find all that stuff then probably everyone's into the trade which means the market's one-sided and the, the opportunity's gone so don't procrastinate there exists an inverse relationship between profitability and forecasting yes well um, I'm, I'm an expert in this because I started off my, my, my first influence in terms of methodology was Elliott Wave and um, probably a the nicest thing I can say about Elliott Wave was that I was just no good at utilising Elliott Wave. Um, now, Elliott Wave is essentially a forecasting methodology, looking for turning points, uh, either long-term or short-term. And I can understand the appeal of forecasting because the biggest the, the biggest um, factor in the markets that makes us uncomfortable, apart from losing money, is the unknown, is the uncertainty of tomorrow. And, of course, what does forecasting do? Forecasting gives you the comfort that you think you know it's going to happen tomorrow or next week. So I can understand the appeal of forecasting. But from my experience, you know, I haven't met very many successful Elliott Wave, GAN, uh, geometry traders. Um, so, yes, a crystal ball is appealing. I understand why it's appealing. But believe me, there is no crystal ball. Nobody knows. I don't know what's happening tomorrow. Um, so try, try and resist the temptation to uh, look into the future. The majority of professional CTA traders use mechanical systems, while the majority of amateur private traders follow discretionary approaches. Be careful about which side you choose. Yeah, I think um, when people ask me you know, about how to get started and how to be successful, um, a lot of people bring biases to that conversation. And I could direct them to a couple of books, or a couple of ideas, but their built-in biases will, will, will diminish their interest in the ideas I suggest. So then I think, well, what's, what's a good way to encourage people to sort of be sensible in their approach to the markets? And, and one way is to put your head up and look around and look where, you know, who are the winners? And, and the winners, the majority who win, are the big institutional um, CTA traders who manage billions of dollars um, for funds under management. And so I'm, I say to people, okay, don't listen to me. Look at who the winners are and why don't you try and copy what they do? And the majority of them are very methodical with their trade plans, what's called systematic. You know, the majority of those guys have a positive expectancy. And if you look at the group of people who lose the most, it's people like you and I who are small private traders. So I'm just saying to people, you know what? Look to see who the winners are and see what you can learn from them. The more grandiose your ambitions, the quicker your trading demise Avoid the risk of ruin and get your head around money management. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, when we come to trading, we're, we're what I call emotionally disorientated to succeed in trading. Because once again, we, we come into trading from our previous life as a good student or a good executive, a good employee. And of course, you know, I understand um, the, the, um, the, the appeal of making money um, excites us and that's what gets us into trading. But unfortunately, those expectations of being a winner and making a lot of money, it sets you up for failure because we, we come in with these huge, grandiose ideas of I want to make 50%, 100%, I want to double my money, right? And that's a big problem because you can't sidestep, you can't avoid economics 101 risk return. 
that the more return you can you can get, and you can get 100%, but to do that, you have to take on more risk, and eventually, risk will catch up with you. So it's a very, very key concept called risk of ruin, and essentially, no one who wants to make money from active trading, and I don't care what market it is, whether it's equities, um, currencies, commodities, I don't care what instruments, whether it's futures, shares, um, uh, options, and what time frames, intraday, short-term, long-term, I don't care. But they cannot afford to have a statistical risk of ruin above 0%. So work out what your risk of ruin is based on how you want to trade. And if it's above 0%, don't trade. Indicator fever is fatal. Yeah, um, I can remember my time when um, I'd love lighting up my you know, my screen with, with all the indicators and, um, and I, can, I can understand their appeal. You know, unfortunately, they may visually appear to give you comfort, but what they do is they put a cloak over what price is doing because an indicator is essentially, not all indicators, but majority of the indicators are a derivative of price. So they, 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 they dilute the power of price. Price is everything. Don't dilute its power. Anything to add? And this leads on from the idea that indicator fever you know, is, is um, fatal because, unfortunately, indicators are a first, second, third, sometimes fourth derivative of price, and it's looking backwards. And unfortunately, you can't make money by looking backwards. You have to be in the now, trading now, for now, and for tomorrow. And so although price is not perfect, at least it's honest, and at least it can't be shaved or look pretty through the use of indicators. And so to me... Price is everything. Looking at an equity curve overlaid over a market chart is easier than revising Statistics 101. As they say, a picture paints a thousand words. Yes, um, I'm a mechanical trader or a systematic trader. And all that means is that if I have a plan on how I wish to trade um, markets, I will go back through the historical data and say, well, my plan says I should be buying here and selling there and putting my stops here and putting my stops there. And then you essentially get this, this, this basket of trades and you want to have a look at the profile of the trades and you want to look at what the positive expectancy is and that's a function of how often do you win and how often do you lose and what's the average size of your winners, the average size of your losses. And there are all a whole bunch of other you know, <clears throat> individual stats you can have like the longest drawdown period, what's the largest trade. A lot of um, good information, however, nothing beats overlaying an historical equity curve over the, the market you wish to trade. And essentially, you want an upward sloping equity curve. And so by doing that, you get a pretty good idea straight up whether the idea that you wish to investigate has legs and whether you want to you know, do further investigation. If ginger megs can't understand how you trade, then start again. It's not rocket science. Keep it simple. Yeah, in my experience, what works are those ideas that not only work today, but they worked five years ago, they worked 10 years ago, they worked 15 years ago, they worked 20 years ago. And all of those ideas are relatively simple. And the reason why they're robust is essentially because they have less moving parts. If, if you had like a mechanical system that had like 100 moving parts, you just imagine that it would be less reliable than a, um, another me mechanical machine that could do the same thing that only had 20 moving parts. And so essentially you want few moving, moving parts in, in your system um, to ensure that it's, 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 it's robust. And so really the, the ideas that I've, I've found that, that work, what work for me are simple ideas. So essentially if you can't 
if you can't talk to Ginger Meggs, who's, who's working behind the counter at McDonald's, and explain to him how you trade in a, in a couple of sentences, then probably how you trade is too complicated and um, you should start again. The process of analysis is interesting. The process of trading is boring. Too much interesting will cost you. Boring will reward you. Yes, yes. Now, the most enjoyable part of what I do each day is the research. And, and for most people, it's the discovery process of trying to you know, solve this puzzle that the market presents to us. And that's what I continue to do most days for most time. Because for me, my trading is usually finished by 9.30 each morning. When you start trading an idea, the actual process of trading, of collecting your data, running your models, looking for your entries and your, and your, your exits and managing your, your um, open positions, it's boring. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and that's where you should be because you shouldn't, you shouldn't trade you know, for the thrill, thrill of, the, of the excitement. Too much interesting can cost you if you keep pursuing it and pursuing it to try and make things more, much more complicated than what they have to be. And in my experience, the best place to be when you're trading is when you resent having to sit down at your, your desk at home and do the boring stuff of data collection, running models, placing orders, uh, reconciling your, your deals with your, um, your trading, trading statement. But you know what? Boring rewards you, believe me. High pulse trading is temporary. Don't overtrade. Low pulse trading is sustainable. Keep your trades to a size that makes you indifferent to their outcome. Exactly. I think apart from the interest in making money, I think another appeal of trading to a lot of people is that it gives people a, an adrenaline rush. It's, it's thrilling to be able to jump in amongst all these big institutional traders like a little fish in the big pond, you know, going head-to-head with these big guys, trading international commodities or shares or futures or, or, or currencies. And, and that's exciting when people compare that to their regular routine of their day-to-day job, which may not be that thrilling. And so most people are a little bit impulsive. And I've suggested people that if you find that you're, you know, you're putting, you're doing high tempo trading, it's probably more to excite you rather than to increase your trading account. So I believe that if you find that, you know, your, your pulse is racing when you're trading, you're probably, you know, over trading, not trading for the right reasons. So the idea is that you want to trade less. In this instance, less is more. So if you were going to say to traders what you think your key to success has been, trading the markets, how would you sum it up? You know, I was – two things. Well, probably the first one, I can remember um, not my primary broker, but there was another gentleman, another broker who was working with my primary broker, uh, a guy called Jeff Morgan. And I can just remember I, I took another loss on you know, trading Elliott Wave and, and I, I just you know, asked Jeff you know, what he thought. You know, and Jeff just said quite calmly, well, the SPY, you know, it's just had three higher closes. Um, it's gone, you know, past its medium, you know, trend of, um, of three upper closes. So I wouldn't be looking to buy it. I'm looking to sell it. And the next day, the SPY just, you know, rolled over. And that was like a light bulb to me about using, um, you know, observations and statistics and, and numbers. And, and Jeff became like a, a mentor to me. He was a very smart guy, and he, he was actually um, a successful self-employed person who'd sold his business, and he wanted to get into trading, and he thought a good way to teach himself was actually to work for a broker for a while, and that's how you know, I got to meet him. So 
One is to have someone who is a mentor, mm. you know. The, the whole idea of the master tradesman apprenticeship, that's probably the, the most longest and enduring, you know, structure f over the centuries to pass knowledge from, from an experienced tradesperson to an apprentice. And so I was very lucky to have Jeff Morgan in my life who just started me looking at facts and not wishing about what will happen tomorrow, um, which is what Elliot Wave does. And another thing too, which I put my success down to, is that um, I learned very early to program. I'm not a programmer by, by education, but I'm just self-taught. And that's allowed me to absorb all ideas out there and independently test those ideas. Because I'm not limited to what packages off the shelf would let me do, if that makes sense. So it's given me a lot of flexibility to um, test ideas. Final piece of advice to traders. Oh, you know, I think that there's only one real secret to um, successful trading, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's not, and it's this. The only real secret to trading is that the best loser is the long-term winner. Most of us are lousy, lousy losers. We'll be in a trade, it'll go against us, and the first thing we'll do is just shift our stop away a little bit better. The second thing we do, we jump on the internet and we look. We Google um, news items or opinions that align with our thoughts and we, we deliberately or, or conveniently screen out the opposing view. And we keep making up excuses for why we should keep the trade and we think we've got in too early, we have to just give our trade a bit more room and you keep moving the stop until you can no longer ignore the size of the loss because it's, it's basic, basically probably one standard deviation from a catastrophic loss and, 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 you, and you're forced to stop yourself out. And so essentially, you know, profits look after themselves. It's a losses that hurt you, hurt you financially and hurt, hurt you spiritually and, and hurt you in terms of your, your emotional capital. And so please, please just um, become the best loser that you can. Take your losses quickly and step out. Brent Penfold, it was lovely and a delight speaking with you this morning. Thank you for coming on to Talking Trading. Uh, my pleasure, Caroline, and thank you for having me on. Stay tuned next week, guys, to hear Chris Tate give a wrap at the markets and also to hear baby boomer business coach Lorraine Pirahi. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.